Hey there, everybody, and welcome to the Biathlon Podcast. It is Wednesday, the 5th of January, 2022. Big Happy New Year to everyone out there listening, and I'm your host, Will Prov. Quick episode today, going to be looking at all the big news, including a bit of a slip-up for the Swedish team uh, with Steena Nielsen, uh, as well as some big absences for this weekend's racing in Oberhof. I'll then be giving you all of my best bets for those races, as well as a little look back first up at the World Team Challenge race over the Christmas break. If you've got any questions or comments, feel free to comment on the Facebook page or email me at thebiathlonpodcast at gmail.com. So before we take a look forward, let's have a little quick look back at the biathlon we had over the holiday season. Uh, for those of you like me who were in the mood for a bit of a, a bit of a biathlon fix, we did have the World Team Challenge uh, to enjoy over the Christmas period. Uh, for those of you who haven't seen the World Team Challenge before, pretty unique little competition that they have there uh, just after Christmas in Germany every year. You have mixed teams, uh, one woman, one man, representing uh, ma- mainly representing countries. You do get some mixed teams in there sort of uh, some years. Uh, but you start off with uh, what they call the mass start. It's essentially a single mixed relay. You've got four laps with four shoots for the women, five laps for the men who have the last lap as well. Uh, Then taking the uh, results there at the end of that mass start, take those into the pursuit. Any time differences are halved. And if anyone's still over 45 seconds back, uh, despite it being halved, they start at 45 seconds racing for the win. So it's, uh, like I say, a pretty cool event. Usually takes place in the uh, Schalke football stadium. Uh, over there in Germany, but back in Rupolding for the second year due to COVID. That's where they used to do it back in the day. Um, but yeah, if you haven't seen it and you've got uh, a bit of time to kill, worth a watch. I think there's some links to it on YouTube. Can't guarantee you which language the commentary will be in. Um, but yeah, you started off there with the uh, the mass start, like I say. And a bit of a surprise, really, because it was Germany's second team of Janina Hettish and Eric Lesser Sort of showing up the field, but and the German first team, of course, um, which was Vanessa Hins and Benny Dull. Uh, but they just took the race by the horns, really. Didn't miss a single shot on their way to the victory. Uh, the other teams sort of dipped in and out of the race. Uh, Ukraine were up there early with Yulia Zima. They sort of fell back a bit as the race went on. Um, you had Finland, who were looking quite good with uh, Tira Seppala, who continues his good form this season. Um, Austria, Lisa Theresa Hauser looked good early, but then Leitner missed three uh, on his second shoot. They were in second at the time. They went all the way back to fifth, 55 seconds behind at that point. Uh, some really strong teams in there on paper. You had uh, Vera and Hoffer for Italy. Uh, they were looking good, but then again, sort of careless misses, really. Vera missing one right at the end, uh, her last uh, shot of the entire race. Uh, but while that was all going on, Lesser, Hettish, just cruised round, hit every single shot, like I say, absolutely cruised to victory in the end with no misses at all. Uh, behind them on that last one, there were, you still had people in touch. It's a shorter penalty loop, really quick race. Um, so Italy were in the mix, but then Hoffa missed three, Leitner missed two, 
so that opened the door to really everyone else in the field. And it was an absolutely crushing victory for the Germans because, like I say, in a, what's a fairly short race um, with the penalties not too severe for missing, it was actually Ukraine who, had, as I say, had a good early start. They came back to finish second, a minute and 16 back, um, which was pretty crazy. Third were the Russians, uh, Elisiev and Berta Sova. They were uh, 117, I think, in the end back. Austria were the only other team uh, to come within one minute 30 of the lead. So every other team in the uh, in the competition all started together 45 seconds behind in the pursuit. So it ended up being sort of a, a tiny pursuit with a mass start behind it, effectively. Um, but yeah, Germany winning, but their first team, Hins and Dole, 20, sorry, two minutes 29 back after seven misses. Finland, who started off, uh, well, actually got lapped, which is pretty rare to see. So uh, some rough going, uh, but they were then reinstated into the pursuit, as I say, only 45 seconds back. So it wasn't all bad for them. Um, but yeah, no misses at all from Eric Lesser, Vanessa Hins. The next picks was Russia. They had five misses. Um, so really good stuff in, I don't think the wind was too bad, but the rain was pretty grim. Um, so yeah, good stuff from them on home soil, which left us over to the pursuit after a sort of 20 minute, half an hour break. And the tables really turned early on because Hetish again shot clear on her first loop round, but had no speed at all. She lost nearly all of her uh, advantage. They were 38 uh, seconds down to six after 2.2 kilometers. So uh, tough going for Hetish. It looked like she just, I don't know, left it all out there in that first race. Uh, despite that, though, they were still going well. Lesser was clear again. Petrugini missed four, so that kind of put him out of the running. Uh, Leitner, who broke back up into second, uh, was 22 seconds behind after Lesser's uh, run. But then, of course, going over to Hetish again, losing loads of their advantage and then missed one, which left Hauser to take the uh, the lead after a sh clear shoot. And from then on, it was Austria who were really the uh, head and shoulders above the field. Uh, Leitner maintained as he went round. You had uh, Finland, who, after being lapped in the first race, were up to third momentarily. Um, and then it was really sort of a, a match between the, the Germans and Austrians. Hetish did really well to stay in touch. Uh, she was shooting amazingly, but as I say, just didn't have the legs in that last race. Um, and then Leitner really took it home, missed his third high left. Um, lesser behind him, went for it. You've got to give him credit for it. Absolutely went for it. Shot super quick. Just missed his final uh, final shot, which left the Austrians uh, to to come around for the victory. It was Hauser um, with one cheering fan. Didn't know if that was Leitner, uh, but there was one Austrian fan in the uh, in the crowd who was absolutely going for it. Um, she hit five in the last shoot. Hetish missed three. Pretty much uh, sealed the win. In the end, it was uh, actually the Czech uh, Czechia team, Marketa Davidova took second place. She was 103 behind in the end, uh, behind Hauser. Um, so yeah, good good racing over there. Worth a watch if you didn't see it. Couple of uh, couple of nice moments. You had uh, Lena Heike of the Swiss team. She dropped magazine and pretty brave or stupid coach diving straight into the range to pick it up. No messing around from uh, who I guess was the Swiss coach. Uh, he picked it up for her. She got five. Uh, didn't let it affect her shooting at all. Uh, Lesser as well, gutted with himself after missing uh, the final uh, the final two shots of his race. 
in general, though, I'd say Lesser and Hetish have to be the sort of uh, the most impressive. I was impressed with that Swiss team, though. Uh, Burkhalter was uh, taking the uh, uh, the men's side of it alongside Lena Heike, and very impressive top four. So yeah, good stuff from uh, good stuff from the Swiss, and hopefully they can uh, they can carry that on into the season. Uh, so yeah, little quick rundown there of the uh, of the World Team Challenge. Um, let's get into uh, some of the other news though. So most of the news today is going to be about who's missing from the Oberhof races this weekend. But first up, it's maybe. A big congratulations for Steena Nilsson, who was unofficially, I guess, announced over the weekend as a member of the Swedish Olympic team for Beijing. Uh, this news initially came from Sportbladet over in Sweden, but was then quickly denied by Swedish management. Uh, and the story, I think, then was uh, removed completely or, or changed. Uh, so definitely not a great look for the Swedish team. Um, for this news either to have been leaked before they wanted it announced or uh, potentially even more embarrassing would be if she doesn't end up being in the team at all. In terms of how big a story this is, I think after her form so far this season, she is definitely a yes to be on the plane to Beijing. No doubt the competition is tough in the Swedish team, but I think the upside that she gives you on the skis really means that you have to take her. And I don't think there's enough making a real case um, to leave her um, in Sweden. Apparently the team itself is going to be announced this weekend, which doesn't give a lot of time for any other races to have an impact on the decision. So you'd have to assume that she is going to be in that team and they just didn't want it announced quite yet. Um, but yeah, let me know what you think, if Stina Nilsson should be in the team or not. As I say, looks like she will be. Um, but we should know more this weekend. So anyway, on to Oberhof, and we've got some notable absences to speak of. But the biggest absence earlier this week was the snow itself. Warm weather, heavy rain meant that the athletes arrived to a pretty weird scene. Uh, very little snow on the ground and having to train in the specially refrigerated uh, tunnel that they have over there in Oberhof. Good news is that it's looking a lot better now. Uh, great work from a bunch of volunteers to get out there and cover the tracks from their sort of stock of snow they have over there today. Uh, there's also been a bit of fresh snow falling as well, uh, which obviously helps out a lot. But yeah, not an ideal start for the organisers over there in Germany at all. Uh, they've rescheduled the men's sprint from Thursday to Friday morning so they can make sure those tracks are in good shape to race on. Now, I mentioned some more uh, human-sized absences, and the most notable of those is, no doubt, Tyrell Eckhoff. Uh, the reigning women's champ has not travelled to Germany yet after catching a cold over the break. Uh, according to NRK, she's decided that she's not in the shape she needs to be in to race, although is expected to be on the start line in Rupolding and Antholtz. Pretty interesting, um, as initially the plan apparently was for Ekhoff to miss the roof holding leg and instead go to a pre-Olympic altitude camp. So not the preparation she was expecting, uh, as her attentions look to gold in Beijing. Also going down with a cold over the break was the newly minted two-time winner on the World Cup stage, Elvira Erberg. 
Uh, no risk to her taking part this weekend in Oberhof, but uh, training has been affected. Um, don't know what that means. Maybe she'll just be uh, 10 seconds quicker a lap rather than 20 this weekend. Um, but again, not the ideal preparation, but Elvira will be on the start line, um, hopefully on Friday. On the men's side, the biggest name dropping out is probably Lukas Hoffer. Uh, the old Italian stallion there took to Instagram saying, my body is still not working as it should. So we decided to skip the next races. Hashtag road to Beijing. Uh, so yeah, been a rough winter for Hoffer. He had that seventh in Ostersund, but otherwise really just been a shadow of what he was last year. Uh, and understandably at this stage, he's 32 years old. His focus is now all on what might be his last Olympic Games uh, for Italy there. Uh, also missing in Oberhof will be Belgium's Thierry Langer. Uh, he fractured his foot in training and now is uh, really in a race against time for him to compete in what I believe would be his first ever Olympic Games. Uh, so yeah, best of luck to Thierry Langer there. Lastly, we've also had news of a COVID positive, obviously not what we wanted. Good news, I suppose it's not really good news that anyone's got COVID, uh, but it's not an athlete, but uh, a fairly big name, all things considered. It's the lead wax technician for the Norwegian team, uh, Tobias Dahl Fenra. Uh, he's isolating after contracting the Omicron variant. So yeah, not ideal at all for the Norwegian team, but you'd have to think if any team has the infrastructure, the staff in place to deal with a situation like this, uh, you'd assume it would be the Norwegians. So likely not a big game changer, but uh, do keep an eye on the old glide as the Norwegians come down the track, see if uh, they're struggling at all there. So that's all the news. Now let's dip into some quick predictions uh, for those races in Oberhof. So, on to my best bets for Oberhof, and it's a pretty interesting schedule that we have this weekend. Uh, we've got the sprints and pursuits as normal, but sandwiched in the middle on Saturday are the only mixed relays that we're going to see before the Olympics. So yeah, pretty, uh, pretty fascinating there to see who lines up in those squads, who's going to be put in the single mixed, who's going to be put in the, uh, the full mixed relays. And maybe uh, a couple of outsiders sort of pressing their claims to be a part of the squad in Beijing. But it's the sprints that we have odds for, so let's dive into those. It's the men, uh, as I mentioned, coming up early in morning on Friday. And for the first time in a long time, possibly ever, uh, if my memory serves, uh, your favourite is France's Canton Fion Maillet, second in the overall standings and in Fine form after Le Grand Bonnard. He is 7-2 for the win. Johannes, winner of our last sprint, of course, is second favourite at 4-1 with the yellow bib, Emilien Jacqueline, following at 9-2. And of those favourites, I'm going to have to go with Johannes Tingersbo for the win. Didn't look great in the mass start at all, missing five and just disappearing completely from the coverage, really. Um, but I'm ignoring that and I'm backing him to have sort of used the Christmas break well and come back fighting. He was behind the two Frenchmen on ski time and the key really will be wrestling that advantage back off them, I think, not just in Oberhof, but uh, for the rest of the season. Uh, you've got to assume, like the Norwegian team have stated, it's the Olympics he's looking at. 
And if that's the case, then now is really the time you want to start coming into form, linking some wins together, getting that confidence up. And I think Friday's sprint might be a sort of real sorting out of who's who in, who's basically in the right shape. Uh, we're just over a month before the Olympics. And I'm backing Hannes to put a mark down um, and really stamp his authority on the field. Maybe I've been saying that before. <laughs> you just can't really put him uh, sort of back against him. Saying that, I am fascinated by how Jacqueline will respond to wearing the yellow bib. Can go either way. Some people sort of fade in it sometimes. I think it was Hauser earlier this year, for example. Sort of wilted. Uh, I don't know if that's to do with the, the pressure of wearing the yellow bib. I don't know how real that is. But I could see the opposite sort of happening here. Uh, with the character that Jacqueline is, might be the, the sort of man that just thrives in being number one, being recognised, having that yellow bib on. Uh, so it's going to be a great battle, I think, on Friday. Of the mid-rangers, uh, it's kind of interesting to see that the top Norwegian this year, Vetterstad Christiansen, of course, still only at 25-1 to 1 for the win in the sprint, alongside Deluxe Poncioloma, who's had a really weird season. Um, and of the Norwegians, he's not just a, not just behind Johannes, but he's behind Tayabo as well. And 25 to 1, that's uh, just too juicy odds for me to ignore completely. Uh, to date, they haven't released odds for the top three yet, but I think I'll be having a piece of that when they do. Christensen skiing at a similar speed to Taya. He's shooting 93% in the prone, 89% in the stand, putting him right up there really with the elite shots in the field. And it is true, you can't really be sure what people are going to look like after the uh, the winter break there, the Christmas break. But unless something really goes wrong with his ski speed, I think Christensen sees himself as a contender for the Crystal Globe. And uh, the plan originally, like Ekhoff, was for him to miss Rupolding. And if the plan stays that way, then he needs to make sure he is at least in the top 10 and really pushing the podium. Um, if he's going to sort of swallow those bad results, of course, you can lose those by the end of the season. Uh, but it just puts more and more pressure on your other results. Um, I think Christensen's going to thrive in that, though. So I'm taking him top three for sure. Maybe a couple of pounds on that win as well. So let's go to my long shot. And here I'm backing the forgotten man of the French team, Antonin Gigana. Always been a favourite of mine. And he's sort of quietly coming into a bit of form. Uh, before Christmas. He was 12th best ski time in the sprint over at the Grand Bonnard. Let himself down with two misses in the stand, and he's all the way back at 125 to 1 for the win. I think a safer bet would be the top 10. I'm expecting that to be around 6 or 7 to 1. I think that's a solid bet. Uh, one miss, I think a top 10 is possible. Clear shoot, and he could be trouble in the podium. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how Gigana goes. French team's so stacked at the moment, so he's not going to have an ideal starting position, which could affect him, of course. Tracks, I think, are probably going to cut up quite a lot uh, with that warmer weather that they're having in Oberhof at the moment. Quick shout-out as well. How about Eric Lesser, the star of the World Team Challenge? Rough start to the season by his standards. Uh, so much so that I can't even find odds for the win for Eric Lesser. But as long as he's still in touch after the sprint, I think a top 10 in the pursuit um, is a much better bet. And that could be on the cards as long as he hasn't got to make up too much time uh, after the sprint. 
Over on the women's side, and it is tight at the top with Elvira Erberg, your favourite, at 9-4, just edging out World Cup leader Marta Olsbu-Roisland. She's second favourite at 5-1 with Hannah Erberg, third, at 8-1. And of those favourites, especially with Elvira having that cold I mentioned, don't know how that's going to have affected her, it is Hannah Erberg that I'm backing for the win. Good recent form coming out of Christmas breaks. She was second in Oberhof last year. And I think maybe that break is just what she needs. She just sort of went off the boil slightly uh, in Annecy. Uh, the Grand Bonnard in the range especially. Missed two in the sprint, uh, two in the pursuit, then four in the mass stop. So maybe just refocusing over the break, uh, getting some good training in, resetting her sights. Might just give her season a little bit of a jump start. I mean, she had three top tens in Le Grand Bonnard, so it doesn't need much of a jump start. Uh, but to get that win... I think she might need a clear shoot, definitely. Uh, I think, definitely. Um, anyway, for my dark horse, I'm going with Denise Herman. Finally looks like she might be getting it back together on the skis. She was second quickest behind Elvira last time out in the sprint. Although she did then miss the mass start, which is a little bit of a worry. Doctor said there was nothing to worry about, so I'm taking that as gospel. I'm backing Herman for at least a podium. Uh, she's 20 to 1 for the win, so likely around 5 to 1 for the podium. And it'd be nice to see her back in. Not been a great season for the German team. But I thought Franziska Preutz was going to be a threat for the overall Crystal Globe. She's been sort of really hot and cold, not on form at all. Vanessa Voigt, youngster's been doing well. And a vital youngster again, been doing well. Um, but no real threats for the wins, particularly. Uh, so yeah, maybe Herman will change that on Friday. Finally, my long shot on the women's side. I really hope that Marietta can uh, can make some noise on Friday. She's been skiing brilliantly this season. Her shooting, though, it's not been great. Uh, not great at all. 76% in prone, 71% in standing. Um, and when it comes to Marietta, that is kind of what you expect. Uh, her averages always fall sort of in and around that range. Um, didn't do much to improve my confidence in the World Team Challenge either. As I mentioned, uh, the Finnish team got lapped. Uh, and I think it was, if my memory serves, I think it was more Ada than uh, Sepala um, who uh, who caused that. Uh, shooting has always been a weak link. But if if she just has one of those days where it all comes together, everything she has the right feeling, knocks down 10. She's skiing faster than Hannah Roberg. She's skiing faster than Roisland. Uh, the last time she got sure clear, she won. So a win isn't maybe as crazy as it sounds uh, at 150 to 1. Although, admittedly, that win was five years ago and she hasn't shot clear since. So uh, maybe it is just as crazy as it sounds. But hey, we can hope. Either way, I hope to see you again after all the action is said and done. I'll be back after the weekend with my winners and losers. And in the meantime, hope you enjoy the racing.